KMTT, Kimitzion Teitzei Torah. You're listening to the Erev Shabbat program, Erev Shabbat Kodesh Parashat Bo, Zayn Shvat. The Erev Shabbat program is Lilui Nishmat Shlomo Yosef ben Chaim Shmuel, and I'm your host, Jonathan Snowbelt. What do I want to talk about this week? There's three things I want to talk about this week. One, I want to talk about what we've been talking about the last two weeks. Further discussion, development of this idea that of Moshe's development throughout these parashiyot about how he has a strong moral backing but is learning about the idea of God's larger perspective of morality, the perspective of what we call the perspective of the Brit, a perspective that takes time and processes into account and not just the immediate stamping out of evil, but that always believes in an educational process that changes the world and takes it to a different place. I want to talk about what happened in Haiti the good and the bad. And I want to talk about the recent uh, rains in Israel this week. Once again, the good and the bad. The only question is, how? How to do this? And really, some of the things are are related. We'll start, we'll see where it goes. Mo is uh, hesitant to bring up a theory which points to some sort of failing, and I don't even think this is a failing, but some sort of lack of understanding even on this level in Moshe Rabbeinu. Um, and here in the, this theory that we've discussed over the last two weeks of Moshe not grasping what God is doing, the concept of the Brit while being a very highly moral character, doesn't have the scope to understand the long-term processes that God needs to bring into the world, to make the Egyptians understand, to make the Jewish people understand. This is a theory that we've posited over the last two weeks, and it's something that we just have to reiterate, that it's something, maybe a meta-issue that occasionally should be addressed when we talk about uh, the Tanakh learning that emanates from Yeshivat Haaretzion, what some have come to term Tanakh Begova Inaim. And the rationale, and beyond the rationale, the necessity of such a way of looking at things. If Moshe Rabbeinu is a complete... Tzaddik, when we first meet him at the Sneh, or when we first meet him in Mitzrayim, acting on his moral senses, then there's nothing for us to learn from him. He is perfect. If, however, Moshe Rabbeinu is a human being who develops over time, who goes through processes who has his failings and overcomes them and learns, then we have much to learn from him. 
Of course, at the same time, there's no assumption per se that a individual character should be imperfect, but that we're reading the pshat along the way as well. And in this sense, I don't think anything that we've said over the past week uh, lacks in in the pshat. Adraba, I think it's an excellent read of, of the Chumash to the extent that we've been able to establish so on the iPod sheer, and we're not sitting with a text in front of us and looking at it. But of course, those two things, hand in hand, must go together when we're talking about reading a good pshat. We're talking about a what we're reading must be a good read of the text, which we don't have the ability to go into the explanations as to what is a good reading of the text right now. B, we are not coming from an assumption that the characters, the the, the, the heroes of the, of the Tanakh, must come out scot-free. Adraba, when they fail and if they fail... We have an ability to learn from them. We have more of an ability to learn from them if they fail and they deal with their failings than we do if they're perfect all the time. Sometimes we might feel... We might look at these characters and, and, and say, you know, how childish is this? You know, From the point of... Uh, you know, when we talk about Cheta Ega, we say, how could they do this so silly? They bow down to an idol. And from our 21st century view, where the world has developed thousands of years beyond that point, it's very easy to judge. When we talk about, here, look, Moshe comes into the picture. With regard to Bnei Israel, or at least onto the center stage of facing Paro, there's different uh, theories as to how much this is, but we're talking about a process of a year from, at most, let's say, certainly according to Chazal, we're talking about perhaps a 10-month process, from the beginning of Moshe Rabbeinu's arrival on the scene in Mitzrayim, with Aaron to free the Jewish people, until he'd see me trying. And he lacks patience, and we say to ourselves, can't you have a little bit of patience? And in that sense, we see, we, we question our interpretation as being a, a correct interpretation, and saying, well, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have a little bit of patience. So we try to explain and justify why this is so, and why this makes sense on the level of Moshe's high moral character as opposed to his lack of upbringing within the Jewish people, if that would have been sufficient, as we claimed that with our own was sufficient to mold his character. 
But once again, and here we're bringing uh, the, the next area of discussion that I wanted to discuss, discuss, and that, of course, this week's earthquake in, in Haiti. And every time God lays his hand in a part of the world and wreaks havoc, and in most recent memory that I believe perhaps we even discussed, is uh, the tsunami that uh, hit southern Asia quite violently and quite uh, damagingly. When we face the questions of suffering in our time, and we see these poor people who we are told subsist on an average of $2 a day, which means, to begin with, we're talking about a people in poverty. And then they have to face suffering, and they have to face disaster. We don't have any answers to these questions. If we're lucky, at best, we can point to certain acts of humanity of ex- the excellence of humanity that comes out when we see people volunteering and coming to help, and the particular Kiddush Hashem that I felt this week hearing and then subsequently reading um, a news item that came up in CNN this week when an American doctor from professor of medicine from Harvard University, flagship of, uni- flagship of universities in the United States, being in awe of the field hospital that Israel was able to bring to Haiti, the Americans had set up tents with uh, cots, maybe some gauze, very, very rudimentary, basic medical supplies with the Israelis who flew halfway across the world for days were the only hospital that was working there with what she called an imaging department, and doing surgery, life-saving surgery on people. No one else was able to do that. Maybe now, at this point, the Americans are getting their act together. But here, a country that's often questioned for its morality shows that it chooses just to save people when given the choice. And that everything else should be seen within that context. And when they're not able to save people and they have to, unfortunately, hurt others, it's in defense of itself. Nothing more, nothing less. So at best, when we face these destructions, we can point to some areas of light that come out that show the good of man, But does that answer the question as to why, some estimates right now, 200,000 people, poor Nebuch people, whose whose impact on the world was probably minimal to non-existent, had to be wiped out. We don't have any good answers to answer that question. And in those flashes of humanity that we see, in the aftermath of the destruction, don't really help us come to terms 
with with God's way of dealing with the world. We don't have good answers. And so yes, we're kulanu chachamim, kulanu nevonim, kulanu yodim at Torah. We're all very smart. We're all very we're, we're all very wise, and we all know the Torah. And so when we look at Yitzhak Mitzrayim and we say, can Moshe Rabbeinu have a little bit of patience? Of course, that's not really the case. Moshe Rabbeinu is living then. He does not yet know what is going to happen. He only sees the suffering. And for the suffering, he has very little answer. So if we have no answers for the suffering that we see in our time, and maybe and perhaps we will gain perspective over tens of years, hundreds of years, I do not know. But, then certainly, there's no reason to feel bad, to feel that we've judged. People who lived at the time of the suffering, and were a little bit impatient, were a little bit lacking in belief that something good was going to come out of all of this, and that when something became worse, they lost faith. They were not convinced. And yes, they did benefit from the fact that they had the ten plagues, the splitting of the sea, that sometimes we yearn for, and we hope that we could get such signs from God to strengthen our belief in God, because if we had just one of those, well, we would... We would never uh, waver in our faith ever again. And then, perhaps, perhaps not, because B'nai Yisrael, who witnessed the, the ten makot, the ten plagues, and they witnessed the splitting of the sea, that wasn't the end of them questioning God. In fact, the education process was another 40-year process after that. So, a little bit of humility, nonetheless, that though what happened in Mitzrayim seems to us thousands of years later, and learning it through the, through the eyes of the Torah, and the way God describes it to us in the Torah, we're very smart and we're very clever. But when we look at today, we realize that being judgmental of those who see the suffering and don't have the patience for it is a little bit out of place. And in that sense, I want to make another point. The beginning of the in that vein, I'd like to make another point, a little bit disjointed, but I feel the need to make it nonetheless. The beginning of the year, I said that the state of Israel is in the midst of a lack of rain for five years, the Kinneret has shrunk to unbelievable terms. And and that it behooves us to start praying the additional prayer for the rain as of Zayn Cheshvan, right at the beginning of the season. We don't need to wait to see if there's going to be a drought. We are in the midst of a drought. We don't need to wait till the middle of Tevet. So now in, in my parts, they started realizing last week, of course, that there would be, that there is a drought and we need to pray for the rain. 
And lo and behold, the masses in certain places then, I don't think this was a decision of the Rabbanut yet, but the masses, at least in my area, started to pray, and lo and behold, their prayers were answered, and the big rains came this week. And I want to point out that we rejoice in certain places over these rains, but the story of Choni Hameagel has not escaped me, and I question that, yes, this rain will do a nice, make a nice dent into the Kinaret, though there's no reason to, you know, be relieved and that everything is over. The Kinaret is far from being in healthy places and it could be much more full. And there's no reason to stop praying for the rains because we're still suffering from a drought of five years and no three-day rain spell will ever so- solve that. And if it does solve it in such a dramatic way, we can be sure that it's going to be disastrous rains. And in fact, there were some disasters here. From the disasters of people actually drowning in the south, and here we can question what were they doing in the wrong places, but it's not our our right to question. But people living in their homes in the north, their homes have got flooded. It's hard for them to call these Gishmei Bracha when your dining room set and your rug and your and your and your the walls of your house are now potentially going to be rotting because of the rains so it behooves us not to be all ecstatic about this rain that here in 3 days all our problems were solved we got a huge rain we've sort of reached the average for right now for this point in the season if we take a long-term yardstick, and all we've been talking about over the past few weeks is looking at things over a larger perspective, we have a lot of water to make up in the Kinneret. So it behooves us on two levels to be a little bit modest and facing the situation. Our prayers were not all answered because we still need a lot of water in the Kinneret. And our prayers are all answered because a lot of suffering is being experienced by people now because we needed emergency measures, i.e. we needed rain to come down in this downpour that it came down, which caused was causing people a lot of suffering. And we should pray that the rain should come down in a steady fashion every day of the winter, a substantial amount of rain, not one that will cause flooding, and not one that will be un- not substantial, but a consistent rain that will solve the problems of the water in Eretz Yisrael, but at the same time not cause unnecessary suffering to so many people. Shabbat Shalom. This week we're reading Pashad Bo. Obviously Pashad Bo has uh, numerous mitzvot explicitly dealing with the Korban Pesach, as well as some other mitzvot dealing with Pesach. But we're looking for the more unusual, the less well-known uh, mitzvot. And for the first one that I wish to talk about, uh, which I think the background is well-known, uh, that is the, uh, the halacha associated with the Pasuk, Hodesh Hazel Lachem, 
ראש חודשים ראשון הוא לכם לחודשי השנה. והלכה, that's learned from this פסוק, is the הלכה of establishing a calendar. And because of the way the drusha works, that God pointed at the moon, establishing the calendar on the basis of a testimony concerning the new moon. Okay, but that's not, that, that, that's well known. Mitzvot, mitzvot, and a Torah, listen, sefer mitzvot. Um, but what I want to talk about is, ha-chodesh hazeh lachem rosh chodashim, rishon hu lachem lachodshay hashanah. The pshat of the pasuk says, not the Jewish, but the Pshat says that this month, this particular month, Chodesh Nisan, is the first, is the first month. Um, as Rashi, in fact, on the Pasuk says, Ein mikra yotze midei pshuto. O Chodesh Nisan amalo, ze yehe rosh l'seidem inyan ha-chodeshim. Sheye iyar karui sheni sivan shlishi. So Rashi points out that Pshat of the Pasuk means that the months have numbers. And the first month is Nisan, the second one is what we call Iyah, and Sivan is the third month. The Ramban on this Pasuk says that this in fact is a Tzivui. Uh, you're supposed to refer to the months by their, by their numbers. The Ramban says, Achoze lachem rosh chodashim, sheyimnu oto Yisrael chodash harishon. It's a God is telling Moshe Rabbeinu that the Jews should count this month which happens to be Nisan, as month number one. Mimenu yimnu kol ha-chodashim, sheni, v'shlishi, ad tashlum ha-shana, v'shnei masa ha-chodash. From one to twelve. Now why is it? The man says there's a specific reason to use those, the, this method of referring to the months by their numbers rather than any other method. And the reason is, sheyeze zikaron b'neis ha-gadol ki b'cholet shenazkir ha-chodashim yeh neis niska. It's part of the uh, uh, rather large and complicated and extensive effort of the Torah to constantly remind us or have ourselves remind ourselves of Yitziat Mitzrayim. And this is one of the subtler methods as opposed to, let's say, putting on tefillin, which is Zechat Yitziat Mitzrayim or Sipu Yitziat Mitzrayim or Zechat Yitziat Mitzrayim or Matzah Maron, which is Zechat Yitziat Mitzrayim. But a somewhat more subtle method is that every time you mention a date and you refer to the date by saying it's the fifth day of the third month, the third month. What does it mean the third month? It's the third month from Yitziat Mitzrayim. And in that method, we, uh, we indoctrinate ourselves. Right? We, we absorb into our, almost, almost subconsciously, into our system that everything dates back. Like we don't just remember Yitziat Mitzrayim, but we, we, we date ourselves, we organize our lives around Yitzhak Mitzrayim as the beginning of everything for us. That's when we became a people. That's when we became Jews. That's when we became ourselves. And then the Rabban says, That's why the Torah deliberately never refers to any month by a name rather than by a number. Etc., etc., etc. All over the Torah, all the months don't have names. They only have numbers. And he says, it's just like the days of the week. He says, the same thing applies to the days of the week where they don't have names, they have numbers, and the numbers refer to Shabbat Kodesh. The first day of approaching the next Shabbat. Which helps us remember Shabbat. 
We remember Shabbat by organizing our week around Shabbat. So too we remember Yitzhak Mitzvah by organizing our months around Yitzhak Mitzvah. Now the obvious question on this, if it's a, if it's a, a mitzvah or a chovah or a very uh, highly recommended recommendation, then why don't we do it? Since we do have names for the months. So the band quotes the Gemara that says, he says, the fact that Gemara, which I'm about to quote, uh, refers, even proves this point. Chazal said, The Gemara explains that the names which we're familiar with, Nisan, Iyar, Sivan, Tammuz, Av, Elul, etc., those names are Babylonian. The Jews brought them back when they went to Babel and then came back these names accompany them back. In other words, they're Babylonian loan names. The names are Babylonian. They're not Hebrew. They're Babylonian names. These names will only date from the return from the exile. Before that, there were no names at all. It's not that the Torah doesn't mention names. There were no names in Hebrew for the months. It was deliberate. Originally, the names were in reference to Yitzhak Mitzrayim, but but when we came in Aliyah from Bavel, the Yumiyawa Navi has a prophecy in Perek Tetzayin where God says, that they, they haven't left, they were, they're about to go into exile. So God is promising that they'll be redeemed. And when they'll be redeemed, He says, It'll be such a great return, the prophecy says, that people will, not, will no longer swear by the name of God, Chai Hashem, by the life of God who brought B'nai Yisrael out from Mitzrayim. But they will swear by the life of God who brought Bnei Yisrael from the northern land, the northern land being Bavel. So the Pasuk in Yemiyahu says that the, in terms of the memory, the, 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 the founding event, when, when Jews refer to God and, and, and their relationship to God, they will no longer speak of the God who took us out of Mitzrayim, but they will speak of the God who took us out of Bavel. So the man says, in order to fulfill that prophecy, when God, in fact, brought the Jews out of Eretz Tzafon and brought them back to Eretz for the second temple, that's why they then used Babylonian names for the months in order to do the same thing. Just as the numbers oriented us to Yitziat Mitzvahim, now the names, which everybody knows are Babylonian, orient us, orientate us towards Yitziat Bavel, the great nest, the great Gula of Yitziat Bavel. And therefore today, he says, Raman, we refer through the months to the second Redemption, just as once they referred by the numbers to the first redemption. Okay, it's a fascinating Ramban. 
The man said it's deliberate how we refer to the names of our months. The question everybody asks is, how could this possibly have changed? After all, who, who, who changed it? If it's really a halacha, to count by the numbers in order to refer to Yitzhak Mitzrayim, by whose authority was this changed to refer to Bavel? You'll say by Yimiyahu and Navi's authority, but even a Navi cannot change halacha of the Torah. So in fact, the Ramban is a drasha, the Ramban called drasha the Rosh Hashanah, which we have. And, and there the Ramban, when mentioning this point, um, expresses it in a somewhat more circumspect manner. He, he says, Ramban writes the mitchila, in, originally, we originally commanded to count the months to remember Yitzhak Mitzvahim. And when we returned from Bavel and Yumeyao gave us the Pasuk I quoted before, we began then, we changed and began then to call our months in reference to the redemption from the north, the redemption from Bavel. And then he adds, It doesn't mean that you should forget Gulat Mitzvahim. We all know that in both mentally in Jewish consciousness as well as in many 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 other halachot Kiddush Tefillah Pesach Gulat Mitzrayim obviously is central and frankly more central than Gulat Bavel so it doesn't mean you should forget Gulat Mitzrayim Avar Shenitzarev Shemot Bavel it's two different systems when you count by number you use the numbers referring to Yitzhak Mitzrayim but you also have the names referring to Yitzhak Mitzrayim these names don't replace the old names because they're not the same kind of names it's not that it's called Chodesh Nisan instead of Chodesh Havishon. It's a Chodesh Havishon, who Chodesh Nisan. And in fact, as he points out, that's what it says in Megillat Esther, Parag Gimel, Pasuk Zayin, B'Chodesh Havishon, who Chodesh Nisan. The two separate methods of referring, and they don't really compete because one is numeral, and one is nominal. One is by number, one is by one is by name. Shenitzareif, we should add Shemot Bavel Laudia Bediskos Hashem Amanu Misham Otsianu Hashem. So it turns out, in other words, a man is saying it's not a replacement of the original halacha, but a, an addition to it. And the point a man is making is that it's the same halacha. The, the, the true halacha, the heart of the halacha is that in your manner of speaking about other topics, you should find ways to, as I said, to orientate your life about Gu'ulat Hashem. So the names of the week refer to Shabbat. And the names of the months refer to Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And it doesn't contradict that. In fact, it's a fulfillment of that, that we then add more names to the months, which refer to Gulat Pavel, which is also a very, very important act which uh, of God towards us. And it forms part of the consciousness of being of being a Jew. There's a Halacha Lamaisa, not really, but a pasvah, a nice application of this, in, let's say, Birkata Chodesh. Once a month, you announce, Chodesh Adar, Yeh, V'yom HaRishon, V'yom HaSheni. We don't say Chodesh, Shnei Masar. Yeh, V'chodesh HaShalom, Chodesh HaSheni. So the answer is, you don't have to, as man pointed out, the names have been have been switched. If you use numbers, you should use these, these numbers. You should never call Tishrei month number one. That's wrong. If you use a number, then number one is Chodesh Nisan. But you can also call it Chodesh 
Chodesh Nisan. But some poskim raise the question, maybe we should really say both, according to my mind. We should say, Chodesh Nisan, Shua Chodesh HaRishon, Yeh, Biyom HaRishon, Biyom HaSheni, Yabal Leinu L'Tovah, Advayin Lakor, Yisrael L'Tovah. So that's not the meaning, it's not the halacha. And you don't have to refer, this is the point of that Gemara, that the names were in fact changed. You don't have to refer to the first month of the year as you can refer to it as Chodesh Nisan, and in that sense, you're Mekayim, not a different mitzvah, as I said. You're Mekayim, the mitzvah of remembering God's, God's redemption by referring to the redemption of Bavel. But there's also, and if you use numbers, you should refer to the redemption of Mitzrayim. The main point is you should refer to the redemption. So either system of calling the names is acceptable, and according to Namban, is a chiv. You, you should not call this month by some other name, you know, the name that refers to the fact that your son was born on that day or your, it's your mother's birthday. No, no, no. You should, the names of the months are supposed to refer to the Geula. Just happens to be two systems of Geula, both of which, both of which, uh, apply. I just may add, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Dr. Bet says about this Pasuk, if we say Berkat HaChodesh, and I think it apparently means Kiddush Levana, what we say in Motzei Shabbat, not Berkat HaChodesh, the announcement of the Chodesh, but it's a Bacha made on the new moon, which is Berkat HaLevana. As kol mevarecha lachodesh bezmano ki'idu mekabel p'nei shechina. That Bacha is like receiving the presence of God. Chetiv hacha chodesh hazel lachem, it quotes our Pasuk, chodesh hazel lachem, v'chetiv hatam zeh, the word Zeh means God. Chodesh HaZeh means the, the month of God. As it says, Zeh, Keili Ve'anvehu. Okay, that's the mitzvah of Kiddush, in this case, Kiddush Levana, and the importance of referring to the months in the proper manner. I actually intended to talk about another mitzvah as well, but we've run out of time, and therefore we'll have to save the mitzvah of Ushmatem et HaMatzot. Ein machmitzin et HaMitzvah, We'll have to save for next year in, if, Bezvat Hashem, we're still running this program next year. And until then, Shabbat Shalom Umevorach.